0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned Open up your Bibles for Bibles to message. John chapter 11. I believe that God has given me a message for this time, for this church. And if you're here today, I just believe that God wants to speak to you. And maybe you planned just to come and attend and leave as uh, as soon as service was done. But what if God wanted to, like, sit next to you today and just talk to you? What if God wanted to give you and share with you a message today? Uh, I think it would be worth to lean in to what God is saying and hear what he has to share with you today. Is that all right? Is that all right? Amen. Uh, uh, Two weeks ago, we came together as a church community, and we said we're going to raise uh, some money. We had Heart to Give Sunday. Anybody remember Heart to Give Sunday? Heart to Give Sunday. And we're looking to raise about $25,000 to jumpstart the vision of this church. And uh, I want to give the announcement of what we collected. Are you, guys, are you guys ready to hear the announcement of what we collected? Well, we collected, um, our goal was 25000 but we collected $9,000. What happened? What happened? April Fools! April Fools. No, now now I'm really going to tell you the amount. Uh, I'm going to really tell you the amount that um, that we collected. And uh, uh, I believe that we have not yet reached all the calculations yet because there's still people that are saying, hey, wait for me, wait for me. I'm like, oh, you better hurry up. And. uh, if you didn't get a chance to give, you still have an opportunity to give. But up until this moment, uh, we're still expecting two checks that are coming in. And uh, But up until this moment, this church community right here has raised $19,745. Come on, we can praise God for that. I think that's worth giving God a shout of praise in this house. Amen. God is so good. and. Through that we're going to be able to do what God has called it to do in the next two years, we believe that God is going to double. I don't know about you, but we might need to push these curtains back really soon, and um, and go into our second service. Um, uh, with that being said, I got a message for you, John, chapter 11, uh, and this is a, a, an amazing story, uh, probably probably the most um, spectacular miracle that Jesus. Ever performed. And it's found in John chapter 11. And I want to read where it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and his sister Martha. And it was that Martha who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick i find that interesting because i would have said lord you know how much lazarus loves you please come to his rescue but they actually do the opposite they say lord you know how much you love lazarus i think you ought to come to his rescue see i would have said god i fasted god i prayed god i've been in intercession but they did, said nothing about how much Lazarus loved Jesus. They actually spoke about how much Jesus loved Lazarus. God, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, watch this, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. Now I want to kind of leapfrog into uh, the, the next few verses. We're starting at verse 17. It says, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been dead. He had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, Jerusalem, about two miles, and many of the Jews had joined the women and Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Martha was sitting in the house, and now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, someone shout even now. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. I want to read that verse one more time. He says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. I want you to look at the person next to you and give him the title to today's message. Tell him, The Day Grace Conquered the Grave. Come on familiarize yourself with the person next to him. Today's the day that Jesus conquered the grave. Now, I want to give you the the subtitle to today's message, and if I can give this message two titles, the second title will be this, get out of the way and let God do what he came to do. Look at the person next to you, tell him, get out my way. way. No, no, but you got to tell him like you to a him. get out my way, say get out your way, and let God do (laughs) what he came to do. Uh, Tell them again. Look at the person, the the other one, the one that you rejected. Tell them, get out the way and let God do what he came to do. Uh, Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. We're so grateful, God, that you give us this amazing opportunity to celebrate your name, celebrate your resurrection. It is today that the world comes together, the body of Christ at hold come together to celebrate that you triumphed over death, that you triumphed over sin, and you triumphed over our guilt and our shame. We love you, Jesus, so much because you first loved us. And I thank you, Lord, that you give me the amazing opportunity to be married to the most amazing woman on the planet, that Chino Filipina girl. I love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone shouts, amen. And amen. Come on, I want not you give God some praise in this house. It's Easter Sunday, y'all. <laughs> um, uh, I, in marriage, you, you'll, you'll definitely know that there are personalities that complement one another. And, and I've been married now for six years. And in, in a relationship, you'll know that these personalities, that sometimes they like opposites attract, right? And so there's usually one that's organized, very organized, very orderly. And then there's one that's not so much very disorganized, very unorganized very like, eh, what's wrong with that person, why do they operate that way, and, and, and so like uh, th- there are people that are morning people do we got any morning people in the house? Woo! no morning people in the house, I'm going to give you another chance here today, morning people, you are outnumbered, if you're not a morning person if you're not saved till about 10am 10, 10 why don't you uh, raise your hand if you're not saved till about 10am same here I'm not saved. Don't call me before 10 a.m. Like, I'm not saved. You'll get somebody else. And uh, that's why service is at 11, so I could be saved an hour before I have to preach. Um, uh, but one of the things that me and my wife have in common is that her and I, we're, we, we sleep late, and we wake up late, and that's kind of like what we have in common. Like, we... We're night people, and so, like, we live at 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, you could see us at Dunkin' Donuts. You might run into us at Dunkin' Donuts. After you came out the club, we're right there. How are you? God bless you. How's everything? How's everything out here? Right? Like, uh, me and my wife, we just, we'll be literally at, at 12.30 at, at night. We'll be like, hey, you want to go get something to eat? Yeah, let's go. let's go. Let's go. It's nighttime. We love walking out at night, and um, one of the things we also have in common, but we have been delivered from, we haven't been delivered from, is that um, we kinda gamble with time. And what I mean by that is another word in saying sometimes we're late, you know what I mean? Like do we got any early people in the house? Like I'm talking about the people that show up early just for the sake of showing up early. Like you give yourself a time. Like you just give yourself a time. Jane, can I use you for a second? Jane will say I have to be at the gym at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. No one will meet her at the gym. And she will show up at 9.30. No one is meeting you at the gym. But she'll show up nice and early for the sake of showing up nice and early, right? Guess what? That's not, that's not past That's never been me. Like, when I show up early, I want a reward. I've made it. Like, but I've been, I've been set free. I've been delivered. But, but I know that there are, some of us suffer from chronic lateness syndrome. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you just show up, late all the time. Like, you know you suffer from chronic lateness syndrome when your alarm clock looks like this. Yeah, you got, you, you suffer from chronic lateness syndrome. That, that's that's you. you. You suffer from chronic lateness syndrome. That's that's your problem right there. Uh, you know you suffer from chronic lateness syndrome when your friends when your friends tell you that their baby shower and their wedding and their event is half an hour before it actually starts. This, this, this happened to us. This happened to me and Lisa. Me and Lisa were fighting the whole way there. We got to get there on time. And we were told that the, that the birthday party was going to be at 1230. And so we were, oh, my goodness. They, we, I promised her that I was going to be there at 1230. Guess what time we got there? We got there at 1240. So we were happy that we weren't that late, right? And I, lo- I was crazy because we actually showed up at 1240 and, and, uh, and, and I remember uh, nothing was going on. And I was like, what happened here? Did the party finish? And uh, she goes, Lisa's best friend, she goes, girl, psh, you think I'm stupid? I, I knew you was gonna show up at 1240. That's why I told you 1230, so that if you showed up at 1240, you'd be 20 minutes early. The party started at one o'clock. You know, you know you suffer from chronic late syndrome when when you send this text at least 10 times in the last 3 years. I'll pick you up at 12. Okay, 12:45. I'm on my way. If that's been you, come on, you can raise your hand, tell the truth and shame the devil right now. <laughs> you know you suffer from chronic lateness syndrome when you say you're on your way and you're about to jump in the shower. As a matter of fact, anytime I text someone, I'm on, on my way, they, they say, Are you in the shower right now or are you actually in your car? Um, you, you know, you know, I've been delivered from this, I've been delivered from this syndrome, and uh, and I love that I've been delivered from the syndrome, but what I say right now is I say that anytime I'm late, I'm being more like Jesus. Because when I read this story, Jesus was a little late. I'm being more like Jesus, I'm being sanctified, I'm being healed. And, and, and what I see about Jesus in this story is that Jesus is not only late, he is four days late. Can you imagine that? Like Jesus is supposed to be there on time. He's supposed to be there at their call. But instead of showing up there on time, he doesn't show up five minutes late. He gets called from his best friends. He gets called from the people that love him the most, the people that he loves the most, and he says, I'm not going to rush out there. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go take a shower. And it, it, it bugs me out because I would think that when I read this passage, that look what it says. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days In the place where he was like I'm over here expecting Jesus to fly like I was raised in a home that we weren't the closest we didn't even like each other but if there was drama and we got that phone call we got in the car and we were jetting to the place that needed attending if there was an urgency guess where we were we were right there Jesus seems to almost emotionless, almost insensitively take his time. I look at Jesus and I'm saying, Jesus, this is a pretty good time for you to start rushing. This is a pretty good time for you to start putting a pep in your step. And almost like nonchalantly, Jesus says, I love them so much. And I think the next sentence is going to be like, therefore, I got there sooner. But no, the opposite happens. Jesus says, I took my time. Have you ever ever been in a place where you felt like Jesus was taking his time in your life? Five people were being honest today. Have you ever felt like Jesus was taking his time in your life? I love Mother Teresa's quote because she says, God, she says, Jesus is never, never late. He's rarely early, but he's always on time. I don't know about you, but even when God takes his time, he's always on time because he's not trapped by time and space. And he says, when I show up, it becomes the right time. This is why the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, God died for us. At the right time, Jesus Christ died for us. Well, it could have died a lot sooner, but Jesus says, no, when I showed up, time also came into agreement with me showing up. Come on. If you believe that God is an on-time God, give him some praise in this house. I'm like, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I just love I love the notion that Jesus is an on-time God, but I if I was being honest on this resurrection Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, I would I will tell you sometimes it doesn't believe it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes it doesn't feel like Jesus is showing up, not even for his best friends, like this is, this guy named Lazarus, this is Jesus' best friend, some would even argue that this was a friend that was closer than the apostle John who was known as the loved one of God Lazarus is like, this is like Bert and Ernie, y'all this is like Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff this is like this is like Barney Rubble and Fred Flintstone, y'all this is like best friends. And instead of him rushing to his aid, he takes his time. And and I know that in my own life, I have felt like Jesus was taking his time. Like I'm, have you ever felt like, watch this. Have you ever felt like if God just would have showed up a couple of minutes sooner? Like God, if you would have just answered my prayer request just a little bit sooner. God, if you would have just showed up at the hospital just a little bit sooner, God, if you would have just healed my spouse just a little bit sooner, God, if you would have just showed up a little bit sooner, maybe my marriage wouldn't have ended up in divorce. Maybe my husband wouldn't have ended up in the grave. Maybe my child wouldn't have ended up on drugs. Maybe my situation wouldn't be looking like the way it looks like right now. If you would have just showed up a little bit sooner, maybe I wouldn't have gone through all the sorrow that I've gone through in life. God, I was calling for you, and instead of you coming to rush for my aid, you you took your sweet, sweet time. You was in the shower when I was crying tears. God... Seems to take his sweet time when we need him the most. And this is, this is Martha. Verse 21, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Like, if, God, if, if you would have been here, God, If you would have been here, have you ever felt like you were alone and God wasn't there when you needed him? Martha says, we called for you. We we send a letter to you before what we wanted not to happen to happen. We ask you to heal him. We ask you to deliver him. And you want to show up four days later while he's in the, he not only died, he's dead for four days. If you would have just been here, God, if you would have just been here, I wouldn't be where I'm at. If you would have just been here, my my family wouldn't be the way it is. If you would have just been here, and God is saying, no, what you don't understand, that just because there is a delay doesn't mean there's a denial. See, the delays of God doesn't mean that God has denied you. And so many times we think that God is delaying in our request. But I want to let you know something. Sometimes God doesn't want to meet our request. He wants to exceed our request. And if every time you ask God for something, he met it, he would never be able to exceed your expectations. But God is saying, listen, just because I'm making you wait doesn't mean I won't. Just because I'm I'm delaying doesn't mean that I've denied your request. Sometimes you need to wait to become the right recipient for what god wants to do in your life and just because there's a delay there isn't a denial why there isn't a denial because what jesus said he says therefore the sister sent to him saying lord behold he whom you love is sick and when jesus heard that he said what he said that he said the sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. What? He says, He says this sickness will not lead to death. He says, this sickness will not lead to death. I'm, I'm going to say it again. This sickness will not lead to death, but what do you do when death is in front of you, but God told you that that wouldn't happen, but the very thing that God told you wouldn't happen, happened, and it's right in front of your face. Not, not in front of your face once, one day. <laughs> and maybe at the first day she started She started doubting, okay, Jesus could still make it. But then, on the second day, she started, oh, God, it's two days now. Okay, now it's three days. God, it's four days. Forget it. Don't even show up. What do you do when the very opposite of what God has spoken of over your life is happening? What do you do when God has spoken life over your children and your children in front of your face are walking away from God? What do you do when the promises of God are not manifesting but the problems that come with it are? What do, you, what, do you, what do you do? I, I remember seeing God speak over Reuben's life that he was going to be a pastor, that he was going to be a preacher, that he was going to be an anointed minister. What do you do when you're sitting in a pizzeria and he's telling you, I'm an atheist? Have you ever, have you ever been there where where the opposite of what God has spoken over your life is sitting right in front of you. And I just, but what do you mean this sickness will not lead to death? Because it— this sure looks like a dead situation, not one day, two days, three days, but four days. What do you do when the opposite of what God has declared over your life is manifesting before your presence? It's almost like I'd rather God not tell me anything and not soup up my expectations. Have you ever... Have you ever Have you ever been there where I yo, I'd rather you not tell me, I'd rather you not tell me that you're going to do the dishes before the end of the day and promise me that you're not going to do the dishes by the end of the day than you tell me that you're going to do the dishes by the end of the day and not do them. Hashtag Lisa, get over it. I've learned this in, in, in six years of marriage. I don't even tell I'm doing the dishes no more. If I get to them, I get to them. But I don't even promise them, no, because if I promise her, then her hopes are up. And, I, and I'm like, God, don't even tell me that my family is gonna be safe. Don't even tell me my marriage is gonna be where you want it to be. I'd just rather not set myself up for failure. I'd rather not just set my hopes up and believe for something. to. Don't even tell me my, my, sin, my, 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 my son is gonna be healed. Don't even tell me that I'm gonna be financially free. Don't even, I don't want, it, I don't want you to get my hopes up. I'd rather just, I'd rather just live my life and walk in what I, it is what it is, I'll just walk and I'll deal with it, rather than having to carry the weight of a promise that has not yet been manifested. And God has spoken some things over this church. God has spoken over over, uh, individuals in this church and you don't see what God has declared. But let me tell you something, just because there is a delay doesn't mean that there is a denial. And here's the truth, if it doesn't end with God's glory, then you haven't reached the end of your story. Can you write that down today? Write that down, write that down. If the final result is not God's glory, (laughs) then you haven't reached the end of your story. If the final result is not God's glory, then you haven't reached the end of your story. Why? This gives me this empowers me. This gives me authority because I can look at my situation. And even when I'm in the middle of a grave, I can say, guess what? This doesn't look like God's glory. And if it's not God's glory, that means that the story is not finished yet. This is why the devil can come to my face and say, yep, your children will always be like that. And I can say no because God has the final word. If it doesn't end with God's glory then it hasn't reached the end of your story. I wonder if there's anybody in this place, come on, is there anybody in this place that says my story is not done yet because it has yet to reflect the glory of God. Because with God, there's no dead ends. Uh, There's no dead ends, that means that if you're driving and you reach a dead end where God is taking you, there's no need for roads. See that means that if you're in an elevator and God has elevated you in an elevator and you reach to the top floor and you don't know what's going to happen, this is not the dead end for you. It means that the next place is flying. Because in God, there's no dead ends. In God, there's no dead ends. And if it doesn't end with God's glory, if that's not the final result, you could look at your situation. You could say, "Ooh, it's okay. It's all right, devil. It's all right, devil." It might not look like God's glory, but that's, that just means that my story is not done yet. Because in Christ, there's no dead ends in Christ. Because he is the resurrection and he is the life. Come on, give God some praise in this room. And He continues, says, Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. I want want you to capture what's taking place here. Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again. Watch, Watch the dialogue. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. Can you help me out? Can you help me out today? Yeah, come here. Can we give it up? Who's this? Lynette? Lynette? How you doing? Rolando? Good to meet you. you here for the first time? Welcome. Welcome to How Can we give a round of applause? Maybe I shouldn't be using a first-time visitor for a sermon, but we're flowing in the anointing here. At the resurrection in the face, I am the resurrection in the life, and Martha seems to look past Jesus. Martha says, "Yeah, I know, I know Jesus. Like this is Martha, and I know Jesus fine." Frank, can you help me out. Let's it was giving up for Frank Torado. I Am Clothing, the official clothing line of Pastor Rolando Remedios, right here. Frank is Jesus, let's give it up for Jesus, modern day Jesus with tattoos, let's go. You you can face her, face her. Jesus is telling Martha, Martha, your brother will rise again, and Martha looks at Jesus and say, yeah, I know, I know he'll rise again. In, in the day of resurrection, in the, watch this, in the day of resurrection, I know that my brother will rise again and he goes, no, you don't understand. You don't understand, you're waiting for a day to come, but I brought the day to you because the resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is not a day. The resurrection is a person and I am that person. See, I am the resurrection and the life. I am everything you've been looking for. Don't look beyond Jesus. Just keep focused on Jesus. He says, I am everything that you've been looking for. Thank you so much. Come on, let's give him a round of applause. See, Jesus, write this down, write this down. Jesus is not a missing ingredient. He's the whole recipe. Jesus is not a missing ingredient. He's the whole recipe. See, how many of us, how many times in our life, hear me, hear me, hear me. How many times in our life, Jesus is standing right in front of our eyes and we're looking past him. And and, 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 and what, what, what Jesus was trying to communicate to Martha is, I am everything you've been looking for. Thank you so much, my brother. I am everything you've been looking for, but you're looking beyond me and I'm letting you know that I am the resurrection. I am the life. See, I'm not just an add-on, have you, you know, I've been a a vegetarian for about a year and a half. I've I've discovered why I am, I'm I'm not a vegan, I'm (laughs) vegan-ish. That's what I am, I'm vegan-ish. And, um, you know, when you, when you become a vegan, you start looking for recipes. And I, I've, I've learned this term. It's called salt to taste because I've never cooked before. Who's ever heard the term salt to taste? Salt, no cooks in the house. My God. Is that because you're fasting or you're ordering out way too much? Come on. So there's this term. It's called salt to taste. Growing up in a Hispanic home, we didn't know what that was because everything was with salt and adobo salt to taste. I don't know what that is. And it was this term uh, that I was like, whoa, salt to taste. And I look it up and it's kind of like using salt at your preference, right? You just put salt. You You know what I've realized too? That a lot of people that follow Jesus, if we were being honest, we do a lot of Jesus to taste. God bless you. See you next week. Being honest today, you know what we do? We do a lot of Jesus to taste, because, because, because we just want enough Jesus according to our preference. Whew. And that person likes his food real salty. Oh, I don't, I don't like that much salt. I just put a little bit of salt in my dead animal right here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put a little bit of salt on mine, but you this person likes his food salty. And then we look at people that are in love with Jesus and love Jesus and are crazy about Jesus, and they say, yeah, they're real Jesus-y because they have a lot of Jesus according to their preference. And I just, I want enough Jesus not to go to hell and enough Jesus just to kind of be the the little bit of of taste on my life. And my life is this plate of food and I just want a little bit of, of enough of Jesus to give my life a little flavor. Enough of Jesus just just to do good. Enough of Jesus to consider myself morally good. Enough of Jesus just to feel good about myself. And God is saying, listen, I'm not a missing ingredient in your life recipe. I am the entire recipe. I am the resurrection and the life. When are you going to understand this? How many times are you going to come to me simply just want enough of me? I want you to be saturated with me. When I am not just the salt to taste, guess what? I am the eggs. I am the bacon. I am the cheese. I am the salt pepper ketchup. I am the sesame seed bun. Come on, I used to know how to eat when I was not a vegan. He says, I am the whole recipe, and oftentimes we look at our life like, okay, okay, I got my, I got my, this is my job, my job, right, this is, this is my, my, my wife, this is my children, this is my house, okay, now i I got to get a car, this is my recipe for life, and I know I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to be good, and now I got a career, now I got my own business. And, and oh, oh, let me, let me sprinkle enough Jesus on it. All right. I got enough Jesus. And God is saying, no, I'm not just a sprinkle on top of your life. I need to become the source of your life. Because as long as, as, long as you keep seeing past me, you're going to keep missing the message. And as long as you keep seeing past me and you just see me as the sprinkle on top, you're going to keep finding yourself lacking. You're going to keep finding yourself in grave situations. And God is saying, no, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. Come on, give God some praise in this room. He says, I am your happiness, I am your fulfillment, I am your joy, I am your satisfaction. Are you looking for satisfaction today? Are you looking for fulfillment today? Are you looking for peace today? Then look no further than Jesus Christ because he is your peace. He is your joy. Your mama can't make you happy. Your wife can't make you happy. Your finances won't make you happy. But guess what? Jesus will bring you satisfaction and fulfillment. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Now look. He says, and when Jesus saw her weeping and the other people wailing, deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Now look what he says. He says, where have you put him? I want to say that when God asks you a question, it's not because He needs to know the answer to it. See, when God asks you a question, it's because He's trying to reveal Himself to you in another magnitude. See, maybe your image of God right now and your picture of God looks a certain way. But when God starts asking you questions, it's because He wants to reveal another layer to Himself. There's a I knew Lisa for about six years before she revealed another layer of herself as my wife. Come on, somebody, come praise the Lord for that. See, I knew Lisa as a friend, but when she started asking me some questions, do you got a job? Can you pay the bills? No, I'm just joking, she didn't ask me that. She said, you're good looking enough for me, I'll take that. (laughs) Security, security. God is asking you, today, where is the dead stuff? Where have you put it? See, God knows where the dead stuff in your life is, but he wants you to surrender it to him. And so he says, are you willing to lead me to the place that I want to go anyway? I know how to get there, but I want you to submit it to me. Now look look what takes place here. Look, verse 39 this man, uh, verse 38, Jesus was still a- angry as he arrived to the, at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Can you picture this real quick? Jesus, watch this. Jesus is about to do what Martha wanted him to do. And right before he's about to do it, she's the only one getting in the way of it. I can't tell you how many times I've been praying and asking for God to do something in my life. And right before God is about to do it, I'm the only one that's getting in the way of what God wants to do. Can I tell you today, I want to declare to you the subtitle to this message. Get out of the way and let God do what he came to do. See, because God, he, he, he's like, I know, I know that. I know I believe in the resurrection. Anything you ask of God, he'll do it. And he says, roll the stone away. Let's go, I'm ready to do this. Roll the stone away, Martha. She goes, hold on, 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 I know I've been asking you to do that, God, but I didn't know you was gonna do it right now. And 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 when I wanted you, watch this, watch this. When I wanted you to hurry up, you took your time, but now that you're doing it right now, I want you to take your time. Isn't that humanity? because we want things at our time and God is saying no you don't understand that it operates at my time see see you was you you didn't you wanted me to hurry up to heal him but now when i'm about to resurrection the, resurrect him the only one getting in the way is you how many times i've gotten in the way of the very thing and the beauty and the greatness that god wanted to do in my life and the only one standing in the way is you Have you ever been there where God is is about to set you free, but the only one in the way is you? God is about to empower you to walk in your calling, but the only one in the way is you. And guess what? You start making excuses like, oh, he's too smelly. You can't do anything. It's too smelly. If you pull the stone away, he'll start smelling. What does it matter if he starts smelling as long as he's alive? And you start making excuses. Oh, no, 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 You can't resurrect this because you don't understand. It's a smelly situation. You don't understand that I'm not good enough. You don't understand that I've done too much. You don't understand that there's so much going on. You don't understand right now is a very inconvenient time for have this man resurrected. You don't understand. No, right now, not- it's not a good time, God. It's not a good time. And God is saying, roll the stone away. Get out of my way and let me do what I've came to do. We go to church like this sometimes. And we come to church... And we set the parameters on what God can do and what God cannot do in our lives according to our conveniences and our preferences. And God is saying, hey man, would you get out the way? Just get out the way. Let me do what I came to do. Because of everything that you're asking for, I can do. According to my will, according to my ways. Just get out of the way and let God do what he came to do. Can we give God some praise in this house? As the worship team comes up, I, I love that Jesus, it's almost as he, he caters to our, our human nature. It's almost as if he knows that our human nature gets the best of us. It's almost as if he knows what we're going to do before we do it. It's almost as if he knows the struggles that we've been trying to overcome for years and still can't overcome. them. And in verse 40, he says, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here. So that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. I love that our God is a reminder. Because somewhere between verse 27 and verse 40, Martha forgot what Jesus had told her. See, because somewhere in verse 27, she was saying, I believe in the resurrection. And by verse 40, she just stopped believing that that could happen. But the reminder was, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that you're going to see my glory? Didn't I I tell you that your family was going to be saved? Didn't I tell you? that you're gonna start that business? Didn't I tell you that your life was gonna be healed? Didn't I tell you that you weren't gonna get that promotion? Didn't I tell you that you were gonna be set free? Didn't I tell you, didn't I tell you to leave that there? (laughs) What, What is Jesus reminding you of today? What is Jesus reminding you of today? Because I believe that on this resurrection Sunday, Jesus wants to remind us that he has a purpose over your life. See, because the day that Jesus' grace conquered the grave wasn't on the day that he resurrected Lazarus. Because it was this event that led to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And he says, Lazarus, you're, you, you were sleeping. You were never dead. But because in a few days, I'm going to die for you. See, in a few days, watch this. The Bible says that Lazarus comes out with his grave clothes. So he comes out looking like a mummy. see, many of us have come out of the grave, but we're still wearing grave clothes. We've been resurrected, but we're still wearing grave clothes. We're alive, but we're still wearing grave clothes. But when Jesus resurrected, look what it says. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. This is Easter Sunday, y'all. He also noticed the linen wrapping lying. While the clothes had covered Jesus' head, was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Did you get that? see Lazarus resurrected but he had his grave closed but when Jesus Christ resurrected he conquered the grave and it was grace that conquered the grave and he says I'm gonna leave everything that is dead in my life inside the tomb see because when God sets you free he does a complete job he doesn't just say listen you're going to resurrect, and you're going to be the same way you always been. No, he says, I'm going to resurrect you, and I'm going to give you new life. I'm going to resurrect you, and I'm going to set you free. You can leave the grave closed in the grave, because I have conquered the grave. I dare you to stand up on your feet and give God some praise in this room. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.